Let's Father. Father, we just want to be led in this time. What a great way to start out 2018 in worship. Father, you brought to mind not only in me throughout this week, but this morning in prayers we were downstairs, the the broken hearts in this room. And Lord, how much of a God you are, how, how great of a God you are to always want to mend the brokenhearted. And Father, that's your mode of operation today, in this time, in this moment. There's breaches in the wall that you want to shore up. There's things that have been stolen, Lord, that you want to restore. And it's all for a purpose. You want to mend the brokenhearted, Father. Bind up, release the captives so that there can be a revival in this city. Father, you want a revival in your people first. There's some people in this room that need revival. You need reviving. You're dead in some areas. You can't do it anymore in some areas. You have no more left. The Lord wants to revive you today. And it's not mouth-to-mouth resuscitation where we don't know if you're coming back. It's he snaps his fingers and you get up off the floor. He snaps his fingers in your face that is buried so far into the carpet. Being beaten down. All of a sudden there's life in you now. He's saying that to you today. Let there be life. Because he wants revival in his people. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this moment, Lord. God, we ask for more of this. Whatever it is, just bring more of it. Father, we love you. We pray that you would continue to guide this time, guide this morning. As we dive into your word, as we dive into your experiencing more of who you are, your character, Father, we just, uh, there's nowhere else where we would rather be except at the foot of the cross and in your presence. So that's where we keep our heart. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And I don't want to miss the moment. I don't want to miss what the Lord is doing. Right now, so I'm going to forego all of the introductory jokes and jump right in. We are still in Romans chapter 12. And pieces of messages get put together throughout the week. And then we can get up here and all of a sudden that gets pitched out the window or it takes a left turn. Um, there are some things that I had planned to, be, to, to say today that I believe are appropriate. I'm still going to say them, but I, I think there's some stuff that needs to come before that. Um, and so first, welcome. Hopefully it was a good New Year's for you guys. It's 2018. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. Before you know it, it's going to be 2025. Well, slow down, Alex. Slow down. Yeah, let's just live in the moment. Yeah. But for 2018, you know, I'm not a New Year's resolutioner guy. I'm just not. 
The reason for that is because why do we need one day in a year to be like, okay, I'm going to get right? <laughs> it's usually what it is. I got to get right in an area. I love that the Lord that we serve, we can do that all the time. Um, and so with that being said, I'm going to kind of stick my foot in my mouth <laughs> that as the turn of the year comes, I feel as a leader, I have a responsibility to, in essence, set the tone for what the next 12 months should look like. And I'm going to get into that here in a second. But before I got up for the second part of the first set, these last few worship songs, I got pulled aside by, by Tony Wilson. I'm going to have you come up here. And I believe that what God has put on Tony is, is appropriate for this moment, and it coincides, runs alongside with some of the stuff that I'll be preaching this morning in regards to setting us on a track, on a course, not just for 2018, but it's the turn of the year, okay, what better time? We'll just use that. I'm not that type of dude, but we'll just use that, all right? Um, so yeah, I'm just going to kind of let you yes, communicate to the congregation what you told me back there about what the Lord put on your heart. Um, and then we're going to dive into this word. And I really want you guys to listen to what, what Tony has to say this morning. Thank you so much uh, for the honor and the privilege to be here. Uh, um, the Lord's been laying this on my heart. The Lord's been laying this on my heart for the past two, two months. Uh, but, but I've been praying about it because I just don't want to jump ahead and say, guess what God just said? But it's something that God's been dealing with my heart personally uh, for the city of Fort Collins and the surrounding cities around Fort Collins because of the great work that he wants to do. So I just share this with you right now as what he told me. He says... Uh, after he's, he's talking about the Great Commission, he goes, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And God said, Revival, Revolution. There's going to be a revival revolution. And yeah, it's got to begin in each one of us. But what I start to recognize as I'm, as I'm speaking uh, and running into my coworkers, or I'm at a grocery store, or I can be at the hospital, all I say is, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, have a good day. Have a blessed day. And the next thing you know, boom, you spark something in someone. And the next thing they want us to, they start questioning in their mind. He says, God bless me. When's the last time anybody told me, God bless you? When's the last time it says, have a great blessed day in the name of Jesus? And all of a sudden, God begins to pour into my spirit, we're going to have a revival revolution. It's time for us as a people, as a church, to just start doing it. Hey, God bless you. Hey, have a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loves you. They might think you're some kind of whacked out, wackadoodle kind of guy, but don't worry about it. It's okay, because they're hearing about Jesus. They're hearing Jesus Christ. All that, that goes into their spirit. Whether you are in high school, in junior high, at CSU, just like I mentioned, whether it's at the hospital, at the grocery store, or you're at your job place where they do know you for the past 40 years, and all you ever do is talk about Jesus. But they respect that in you because they know that Jesus Christ didn't, there's my coworker Paul right there. He knows about Jesus. I've been sharing with him for the past few years. He's here. I see what God is doing in the communities, the missions over there, you know, as, as you go out there, brother, and you tell people about Jesus. So please, 
It's a revival revolution that God's going to begin to move in the hearts of other people. Because we're in those last days. And the only way that they can get that word out is you speak. Now when he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That authority is the power and the authority of God. Wow. I mean, somebody, and I, and I tell myself, that's God that's in you. Not just any little thing. It's God. So he wants you to say, hey, I've given you authority, brother. Say it. Say, hey, Jesus loves you. Say, hey, have a blessed day. Hey, God bless you. Next thing you know, bam, hello. Well, thank you. I needed that because I was this close to capping myself or this close to throwing myself off the bridge over there on North College Avenue. Whatever it is, you are able to speak to the hearts and the souls of people that God wants to save. So he wants that revival revolution to start in you because that authority is in you. Hey, amen. 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 God bless you. Y'all awake now? Come on. I was just going to scream the whole message from here on out. I'm just going to scream it. That's <laughs> good stuff. That's so good. Did you guys catch that? The last statement there, revival is going to start in you and I in order for it to start in Fort Collins. Now, me, again, me saying, look, I'm not a New Year's resolution, dude. I don't, I'm, this is not a, here's our New Year's resolution for this church. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. But what I am saying is this, that the past couple weeks, uh, Beck has been up here preaching, and it's given, it's given me an opportunity to kind of sit, obviously, and listen. And when I don't have to prepare for the week with a message, it allows my mind to go other places, my heart to go other places, not away from the Lord. That's not what I'm saying as much as I just get a chance to think about some other things. And what has been a burden on me um, came through some statements that Beck made in the past couple weeks. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, excuse me, his, his message was entitled Good and Evil, Good versus Evil. The one last week was called God's Family. Um, and you guys know that we're in Romans 12. You do. If you've been here for any amount of time, uh, we are creeping through Romans 12 right now. Um, and I love it. We'll probably stay in Romans 12 for a while. I can't say months and months, but every single one of these verses is so huge for this reason. Well, it's having an impact on me that is huge. To this point, let me say this. I would contend for Romans 12 to be in ESS's leadership ministry plan. I really would. Because what is Romans 12? Romans 12 is the application of 11 chapters of doctrine. Romans 12 is the way that you live once you know who Christ is. Once you know what he's done for you. And guys, there's no gray area. There's no if you think what you think. How do I say this? Let me back up. How you think you're supposed to live doesn't even come close to what Romans 12 says is the way you're supposed to do it. Does this make, am I, am I making sense? The only other, not the only other, but another place that we see in the word where this happens is Ephesians. Which to be honest with you guys, once we get done with the book of Romans, we might jump into the book of Ephesians. Of Ephesians. It was between Ephesians and Luke. I'm still kind of on the fence with that one. Letting the Lord lead us into this next, this next thing. 
But in the book of Ephesians, you get three chapters of doctrine. And then he says, therefore. You know what that therefore means? You have this in you. Now it's going to come out of you. <laughs> and I'm going to put you in situations where it can come out. You need to view those situations as opportunities and step into the opportunity and not let that which has held us down keep us down, but let the revival happen within us. Yes. Are you with me this morning? Amen. See, the Lord's not going to let revival happen in the city of Fort Collins unless it happens in the leaders. He's not going to let, I should probably go from the other way, but whatever. He's not going to let revival happen in the leaders if it's not happening in the people up underneath the leaders. It's not going to happen if it's not going to... Revival in Fort Collins isn't going to happen unless it happens within the people in the church. Let's just leave it at that. Do you need revival? I think everybody in there should be like, mm -hmm, yes, I do. There's areas of my life that need reviving. But the revival, ladies and gentlemen, is for the communication of the gospel. It's for the addition to the kingdom, not the moving around of seats, but to add to the kingdom. Amen? So when I say I would contend for Romans 12 to be in our ministry plan, it's because of some statements I feel like that I, uh, were made from Beck that just resonated with me on some levels that um, brought me to a place where I just burdened. Anytime we see a healthy burden in the word of God, it's in Nehemiah. We went through the whole book of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was burdened to a place where he was emotionally affected. Um, and I would say I'm at that same place. But it, it, it caused him to move to action. But the burden that I have on me comes and was, was kind of ignited in given language through some statements that Beck made um, that pertain to this. I have such a passion, which we're going to read about. I have such a burden to see the bride of Christ function exactly the way that she's supposed to function. No band-aids, uh, no ace wraps, you know, none of that stuff. And what, what does that mean? That means that the person up here loves the person back there perfectly. The, the people over here treat the people over here perfectly, as Jesus would treat one another. That the bride of Christ would be exactly who she is supposed to be. Are you with me this morning at all? That burden, ladies and gentlemen, it just gets so heavy and so deep. But if it doesn't move me to action, if it doesn't move us to action, what's the point? I can be sorrowful all day long. You guys can have burdens all day long, but if it doesn't move you to action, what's the point of that, that heaviness? One of those statements that came out of one of Beck's messages that I, I, I so appreciate is this. His first message, if it was a good and evil or good verse evil? Good and evil. And in the first parts, not first parts, but the middle part of chapter 12, 
we're still in verses 9 through 13. We've been in 9 through 13 basically for the past month. Um, but you see that word in the first part of it saying, let love be without hypocrisy. Back in the day, that word hip hypocrite wasn't, didn't have a negative connotation to it. If you were an actor, if you were in the theater, you were called a hypocrite because you were a professional pretender. <laughs> but nowadays, it has a negative connotation to it. Let love be without professional pretending. Man, that hit me. Because there's areas, even in this church on a Sunday morning, that I pretend. If anybody's going to be real with you, why not let it be the guy up front? There's times where I get done preaching, I get done singing, and I'm just done talking, so I go clean up the music equipment up here. You guys see me do that, right? The Lord's like, what is wrong with you? Those are my children out there. And you're more concerned about rapping chords, right? <laughs> it's convicting. Am I pretending? Eh, I don't know. But in that moment, he said, hey, look, this isn't the representation that I'm asking you to be. Does that make sense this morning? But what hit me even more so was this last message that was entitled God's Family. All from one verse. Romans 12.10. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love and give preference to one another in honor. So, one of those things, and I'm sorry that I sound like I'm talking through a pillow. I'm on the back end of some sickness, which I'm sure a lot of people in here are. One of the things that I do at the end of the year, which I picked up from my father, is he said, you need to look take a look back. You take a look back and see if you've accomplished anything. Take an inventory of the stuff that you've done well, things that you haven't, things that you want to change. Did you, are you in the same place you were last year or have you moved forward? And after hearing this message from Beck, this word devoted in the Greek actually has the same not the same but a similar interpretation as that word those two words brotherly love. It has a fraternal affection connected to it. Being devoted, and it's the only place in scripture where that word devoted in that context has a fraternal affection connected to it. Do you guys know what fraternal affection means? Brother, family, blood related. Just like family is related to family, I want you to be that devoted to the person that you've never talked to in your entire life, but who claims and names Jesus Christ. Is that, do you guys, are you catching me? So with that, and taking an inventory of Jesus Christ Fellowship and looking at us and what we are portrayed as into the, the community, our reputation out there, do we look like God's family? Do we at all? I think there's areas that we do. I think there's areas that we don't. And the reason why it's on me so much to take Romans 12... And let it be a part of what we do every single day at Jesus Christ Fellowship. It's because if we are not the representation of God's family, then how is revival supposed to happen in this city? How? That's why I feel like that word, I didn't call Tony a week ago or last night and be like, hey brother, can you just say something about revival for me? 
Now the Lord put that on that man. To speak to you guys. That if we are not God's family, if we're not a representation, being devoted to one another, not when it's easy. I'm talking about when it's hard. Revival will not happen. But I, and I hope more people than just me in this room, have a burden to see Christ's bride operate the way she's supposed to. Because when she does that, entire city blocks are changed. Entire city blocks. It may start with the, cubic, the guy in the cubicle next to you. It may start with the guy at work who already knows Jesus. It's okay. And it's definitely going to start with those who don't know him. But if this church is going to be a representation of anything in 2018... Again, I'm not a resolutioner dude. I'm a scripture guy. <laughs> if we are going to look like anything in 2000 and put our head towards something, it is going to be the proper working of each individual part according to the fullness of Christ. Not, not a, a cheap second or a close second. Does that make sense? I get to a place where I'm sick and tired of pretending. Is anybody else in here sick and tired of pretending? The statement that just pierced my heart that Beck said last week, the problems in the church don't necessarily come from outside of the church. The people being hurt in the church oftentimes doesn't come from those outside of the walls. The church is hurting the church. Now that's not happening all day, every day, everywhere, and we just need to walk out of here with our heads down, and we're not doing anything right. No, 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 no. If we want revival, whatever that is has to stop. Whatever that is, we got to move on from it. Because 2018 can be something, guys. But if revival doesn't start right here, if you don't believe that he's going to fulfill the promises for you and the person next to you, and the body that you're uh, connected to, it's not going to happen. Are you with me today? So this is like a precedent-setting, moment-in-time message. The first of 2018, which I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. So here's my challenge for this as we get into these scriptures. My challenge is this. Don't be, don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't talk about loving people. Love them. Don't talk about being there for people. Go get out of your house, jump in your car, knock on somebody's door. Here's a statement. Put your money where your mouth is. You guys are gonna hear that from me quite a bit on the pulpit here the next uh, couple months. Because I want to be a church. I want to be a leader who if something comes out of my mouth, that's going to happen. If I sit up here and read this stuff and I'm not doing it myself, you guys have freedom to uh, lovingly and gently correct me, please. <laughs> Send an email, text, or something like that. Um, but are you hearing what I'm saying? Put your money where your mouth is. Because the Lord said the same thing to me. 
And I wouldn't say it to you if he didn't say it to me. Now, when we put our money where our mouth is, what does that look like? These verses 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, I'm going to read these real quick. And we're going to jump into 11, 12, and 13 is going to be more of our texts, text today. But I can't read those without verses 9 and 10. First of all, everybody with me this morning? I hope you don't feel like I'm beating you down, but I'm, I'm challenging you big time today. I'm calling all of us to the carpet. The gymnastics of handling one another has to die. The proper working of each individual part has to rise to the top. And I'm telling you, we don't have time to do the, the former of the two that I just explained. The latter of the two, time is an issue. You heard Tony say, we're in the last days. That could very well be true. You don't know if you'll wake up tomorrow. So the time that you have right now, the next five minutes, what are you going to do with that? You're going to put your money where your mouth is. Are you going to love without hypocrisy? Are you going to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good? Are you going to devote yourselves in brotherly love to one another? Or is it going to be a selfish thing where we continue to hurt each other? Man, I pray against us hurting each other. Because I can't be revived honestly without you guys. You can't be revived without me. Obviously, it all is on the foundation of Christ. But we are so important to each other, we don't even understand. All right, these verses. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And give preference to one another in honor. And then these next verses. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. And practicing hospitality. Do you know that these are not suggestions? The Lord is not saying, I suggest that you practice hospitality. I suggest that you be fervent in spirit. He's saying, I command you to do that. If the love of Christ is what compels you and dwells in you, then I command you to get out of your house, go knock on somebody else's door, or hospitality, bring people in. We got great representation of that in that row right there, full of children. You guys with me this morning? But when he says, not lagging behind in diligence, when I read this verse, he said, I need you to speak to the men in this church. So guys, I'm coming at you just a little bit. What is diligence? It's not being lazy. What is laziness? Apathy. Being apathetic will kill your family. 
not being a leader of your wife, of your children, of your household, does not breed a, a, a foundation for revival in your home. If we are called to work hard for, not, for one another, then the church, the body of Christ, the, there can be no place. There is no place for laziness. And I'm saying it's got to start with the men in this church. It's got to start with the heads of households. That when you wake up in the morning, you're on your face for your kids. You're on your face for your future family. You're on your face for your apartment and the people you live with, you know, if you're not married. But when we get lazy in anything, it's an open door for the enemy to get in. So when I get lazy in approaching you guys on a Sunday morning and I just get tired and I want to go clean up the music equipment, I'm lacking in diligence. I'm not denying myself. I'm coming to a place where I'm saying laziness is okay. This isn't a suggestion. Put your money where your mouth is and decide to step up in this 2018. Step up in loving one another. Don't be lazy in loving one another just because it, it might hurt. There's a possibility of it hurting. Are you with me today? Oh, man. And I got to back up just real quick. To, uh, it says, give preference to one another in honor. And I just want, uh, the reason why I got to speak to this real quick this morning is, is because of this thing called performance. And some of the uh, commentaries that I've read about this specific, the end of this uh, verse. Some, some of these guys were saying, we need to outdo one another in honoring one another. And I think that that is, there's an area of that that's good, but there's also an area of that that could possibly be taken in a, in a, in a negative light. That I am going to love Sarah Rudisil better than anybody in this church. And I'm going to compete with you in order to do it. <laughs> well, what happens when we compete and we fail? What happens when we make it a competition and all of a sudden we don't live up to standards that we set? See, that's not the proper functioning of each individual part. I'm called to love Sarah Rudisil through Christ's eyes. And to just be the proper working of who I am, love will come out of that. Because of the Jesus that's in me. That word preference, ah, and I wrote it down, it's in, in, the word in the Greek means to go before one another. To go before as a leader, that means I should be the first one to show honor. I should go before each and every one of you guys. You guys should make it a point to go before everyone else in here to honor one another and let that be the first thing that comes. Are you with me this morning? Does that make sense? It's literally saying, be the representation of Christ first. Go before one another in honor. Not lacking in diligence. Not being lazy. And this next, being fervent in spirit. 
Anybody know what fervent means? It means having a passion or an intensity. Anybody had their passion or intensity stolen? Or snuffed out? Or man, you just tried and you tried and you tried and you got to a place where you just said, look, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Because it hurts so much that I'm just not going to revisit that. See, he's not suggesting that we walk away from the passion that he put in us. It says be fervent in spirit. Whether that means fervent in the Holy Spirit, have a passion for the Holy Spirit, amen. But the spirit that's in you, the spirit that he's given you, the purpose that's in you, he's saying to us, why would you ever walk away from what he put in you? Why would you ever walk away from your purpose? Why would you ever step into a place where all of a sudden his promises don't mean the same for you that they do for somebody else? Not lacking in diligence, but remaining passionate. See, Tony, every time he gets up here, we have to turn the slider down. He don't even need my... I mean, the boy can scream and they're going to hear him at Mill City down the road. You know? Because the passion that's in him, the fervency that comes out, isn't hindered. And I'm sure there's life circumstances that probably could, but it's a command. He's saying, be passionate all the time. Because you have no reason not to be. Do you know that is going to bring revival? Not only to you, but when I'm down in the dumps, and someone else is too, yet they got fervent, they're fervent in spirit, man, that just, whoop, hey buddy. Your issues aren't that big a deal. <laughs> Be happy. Amen? Put your money where your mouth is. And before I move on, it says this. Oh, I say this, not it. It's really hard to fake passion. Right? Super hard. And I'll tell you what, we got a lot of real people in here who could probably see right through that. So being people who try to fake passion or people who are truly passionate about the purpose. And what is that purpose? Preaching the gospel. Amen. We're here to what? Serve the Lord. We're here to what? Be in his presence 24-7. Serving him, the details of that will come by way of your calling and what he says to you. But continually being passionate about what the Lord has placed in you. And then this next line item, if you want to call it that, on this glorious list. says serving the Lord. It's not a suggestion to serve him. But it's a commandment to do so 24-7. This view in everything that you do when you view it as serving Christ, will change your perspective walking into any situation. Now, that's a duh statement. Like, I say that on the pulpit quite a bit. But put your money where your mouth is. If he's in you, if we are really going to be the church of Fort Collins, his bride, the proper working of each individual part, then everything that we do, everything that we say, how we react, how we... All of it is serving him. 
if I deviate from that in my thinking whatsoever, man, I become about me and not about him. And I definitely don't become about you guys. Serving the Lord. Now, I love this next one. This is probably, it's probably the deepest one for me. These next two. It says rejoicing in hope. What is hope? Hope is a confident expectation. Hope isn't hoping and wishing. Flipping something out there emotionally saying, man, I just, it would be so cool if this happened. It would be so cool if I got healed. Man, it would be so cool if I just had a bunch of money and was able to pay my bills and wasn't late on anything. Confident expectation means that that check's going to show up because he said he's my provider. Confident expectation means that no matter what that CAT scan said, when I get prayed for, it's going to come back different. That's a confident expectation. That every doctor said, I'm unable to do this, but Jesus said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in his time. It's going to happen in his time. You know what this doesn't say? It doesn't say rejoicing in results. It says rejoicing in a confident expectation, not rejoicing in results. Because sometimes we can get, put our foot to the chopping block and spend so much energy, you just finish that line. Because I don't need to go down that road. And the result looks nothing like how you thought it was. So what do you do? You lose hope. You're not fervent in spirit. You wonder why you're serving the Lord. You lack or you step into a lacking of diligence. The church cannot be a place where we rejoice in results. We have to rejoice in hope. Revival doesn't start by rejoicing in results. And how many people we got in here, programs and ministries that perceive or look healthy or perceive to be healthy. No, see, we rejoice in the hope of Jesus Christ. We rejoice in the gospel of who he is. Are you with me this morning? Rejoicing in hope. Man, that is not a suggestion. Quit with the sad face. The hope that is in you is Jesus Christ. He will take care of it. Whew. Amen. You good? Me too. All right. Let's go live. Let's put our money where our mouth is and go love each other now. Amen? <laughs> but this next one, persevering in tribulation. Do you know that tribulation is no excuse to lose hope? Going through things is no excuse to stop being fervent in spirit. Tribulation is where the Lord meets you and shows you how great of a God he is. That perseverance does not have enduring for endurance sake connected to it. Let me just hold on. Let me steer this boat. Let these waves crash. And at some point, I'll just get through it. Now, I think what he's asking you to do is put your wetsuit on, grab your surfboard, and go out and ride those waves. How about that? 
persevering in tribulation is not an excuse to lose hope. I'll tell you what. The reason why that one hit me is because tribulation caused me to lose hope. Straight up. And he had to say, you'll never do that again. I am too big of a God. I've done too much for you for you to lose hope in me. So I'm saying to you guys, for revival to start in this city, for revival to start right here, let's put our money where our mouth is and not let the things that we are going through stop us from communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ and losing hope in him building not only our families, this family, the church, giving us that job, whatever the case may be. You guys with me this morning? But as a result, this last verse right here, putting your money where your mouth is in 2018, with Christ in us, doing it the way that he did it. Now when I say that, I'm talking about the Gospels. I'm talking about his three years of ministry. That things were set up as statutes, principles, commandments that he asks us to live by. But then what's the rubric? Who, who do we look and see the manifestation of those things being said actually lived out? It's Jesus Christ's life. He could have walked by the woman at the well. There's so many instances where even the, 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 the taxpayers, Pharisees came up to him and said, what are you doing? Isn't it hypocritical to sit with these people? These taxpayers, horrible people. And his response was, I didn't, I didn't come to be with people who didn't need a physician. <laughs> I came to be with the sick. So I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to sit here. The Lord didn't have to do that, but the reason he did it was to show us that, look, no man is above any other man. The gospel levels the playing field. Therefore, the amount of love that I give my blood son, which I don't have yet, is the same amount of love I'm supposed to give somebody who I'm unrelated to. But I'm supposed to have a fraternal affection, being devoted to one another in brotherly love. Are you with me today? If all of that is in you, then we should be contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. See, those two things mean this. I'm going to get outside of my house, jump in my truck, and go to someone's house and say, look, is there anything I can do for you? Or I'm going to let my front door swing wide open and say, come on in. I'm saying in 2018, ladies and gentlemen, put your money where your mouth is. If we want to be known as followers of Christ, then that means the manifestation of what is in us has to come out in how we act and what we do. Not only towards each other, but towards the community. Not only towards each other as believers, but to those who are non-believers. Are you with me today? Jesus Christ Fellowship is not here to exist. We are not here to exist. We're here to go change this city. And I'm asking you to be changed before we go do that. Being changed by what? Man, not performance. I'm asking you to be changed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
transformed by the renewing of what you think right here, being based on Scripture, that Jesus' life is the only rubric to the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Are you with me today? Contribute. I'm just going to read this whole thing over again. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor or hate what is evil and cling as hard as you can to what is good. Without hesitation, be devoted to one another as a family would in brotherly love. And go before one another. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind, not being lazy in diligence, but being so passionate, fervent in spirit, serving Jesus Christ and Him alone. Letting what's in you come out of you, rejoicing in a confident expectation and not in results, but persevering in tribulation and letting that be a reason you don't lose hope. And I missed being devoted to prayer. Let me touch that before we, we get finished here. And let's get prepared for our offering and have the worship team come back up as we close here. We see this word devoted again. And the Greek translation of this word means to adhere to. So it's not like the other one that means to have a fraternal affection towards to one another as a family would. Uh, but it means to adhere to. What's prayer? Prayer is a conversation with the Lord. Adhere, be devoted to a conversation with God rather than a conversation with yourself. Does that make sense? Sometimes your voice can get a little bit too loud. But after that, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Ladies and gentlemen, can we please be the bride of Christ? Amen? Anybody? And what does the bride of Christ look like? Whew, she's real. But there might be areas in us that need revival. Really. And I hope that those areas you let the Lord work on. Because revival won't come in this city unless it comes in, in us. Revival, city won't be changed unless we're changed. And what do we adhere to? My goodness, the way Jesus did it. Amen? You guys can come on up here. Let's pray for this right quick. Father, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing this morning. And God, we just ask for more of your spirit. Lord, we cannot do this by ourselves. Matter of fact, we don't even want to, even when we think we do. Because that's a lot of pressure. And we don't want that pressure. You never asked us to, uh, to take on that pressure, actually. So, Father, in this moment, we relent. Or, excuse me, we, uh, we just yield. Because you are unrelenting. We just yield, Father. That's it. 
So as we take up this offering, Lord, uh, I pray that you continue to work in our hearts the way that you are in this moment. That you are calling us to a revival, to a time period where revival is going to be the focal point. Restoration is going to be the focal point. Lord, get us prepared for that. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can pass that. Yeah. So from, from Tony's word up to the closing of this service, the last thing that I've said, um, there may be some of you in here who need to just get before the Lord for a little bit. But what I do know is that corporate body ministry is powerful, very powerful. We'll never miss an opportunity to do that on a Sunday morning ever again. Ever again. I do think that there's a, a response. Maybe a, Lord, I'm ready for this. Or, Lord, I'm not ready, but <laughs> you're still God and I want to go down your path and not mine. Coming to the front and getting prayed for, I would love to pray for you to take that next step. To get prepared for this revival. To say to the Lord, look, I don't know all of what it's going to look like, but I do know I need this. Whatever it is, I just need it. I can't put my finger on it. I can't explain it, but I need it. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to come up front. And I'm going to pray for you. We're going to close this service. Let's, let's stand to our feet. Uh, I'm going to open up this altar. And if you feel the need to come up here and just respond to whatever the Lord is doing in you, then please be obedient. Um, and just get before him. So, Father, Father, we love you. We do. And we know that if it doesn't happen in this time, at this moment, Lord, it's going to happen. Period. Because you are unrelenting. Father, you're going to get us. And Lord, we just want to be ready. We just want to be submitted. Father, we want to be willing to simply let you work on us. Because what we have right now, the way we're trying to do it right now, Father, you will let us go down that road and show us that it's not sufficient. There's, there's too many roadblocks. But with you, man, Father, it's perfect. We want that. Father, do your work in this moment. We just want to worship you. And that's what we say for 2018. And we are going to put our money where our mouth is. And we're going to give you everything that we haven't already. that we're holding on to to you and we say our heart is yours Father be with us transform us let us be a good representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ we love you we thank you in Jesus name Amen your 
free to go if you want. Uh, I'm going to continue to